Welcome to the Mostly Pod Out Night, Mostly. I am Graveyard, joined by my co-host, Sam. Hello. This is episode 44 of our weekly All Things Horror podcast. Every myth and legend has some basis in reality. Do the old ones speak the truth? Join us as we find out if we should listen to the Elder Gods. So, we are doing folklore, folk horror movies, and no, not the bees. We'll get to that franchise. <laughs> That's franchise? I guess a franchise? I don't know. what you Well, they've, they've remade it enough times to make it its own franchise. Yes. Um. So, so tonight we'll be discussing the the witch, or the witch, uh, antlers, and unwelcome. The newest one in this category that we were able to find, um, and they are all very different. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll do our normal thing. We'll go through, recap each movie, first thoughts, all that stuff. And this week, uh, our out of tens are naked naked people. In the woods. For some reason the spell check changed its name, but it should be naked. I'll look at the outline. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Um Yeah, this is you know, this is our first entry really into folk horror. Um plenty more out there for us to do too. I I don't know about you, Salem. I'm a I'm a big fan of folk horror because of the ancient customs and beliefs and seeing all the stuff that's not Christian based, really, it's the pagan side of things. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I like it a lot as long as they don't make it like like vilify <laughs> other cultures, which this stuff, I mean, it's rare when they do, but it does happen. Correct. And that's that's always been the big thing is that, you know, in in the say Christian driven America that they do vilify pagan religions, which is a shame because there's so much interest seeing stuff there, history and lore to go with them. All right. So let's start off with. Lovavitch. We call it that because there was no W in the time period this takes place. Uh, and that's how the title card is, too. It's the two uppercase Vs. Um, so, yeah, this takes place puritanical times before America, I'd say, right? Um, say like 1600, early 1600s. Yeah, well, yeah, before 1776, yes, <laughs> it is before yes. <laughs> before the colonies declared their independence. Yes, this is, um, yeah, New World type stuff. So probably late 1600s. Yeah, because in 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 the movie, the family talks about they want to go back home to England. So they're not. They are. They literally came there on a boat. <laughs> yes, that generation. Maybe I don't know if the kids may. We'll see. Um, so yeah, so let's get into the recap. So, um, essentially the movie starts off with the family that we are introduced to, uh, and they are essentially being expelled from their community for being too strict. Uh, the dad is essentially saying, yeah, I would, I'd be stricter if I could. And I, right off the bat, I find that pretty amazing that a town a community, not even town, but a group of people would kick out and ostracize a, a family for being too strict in the puritanical times. Well, to be fair, they don't ever say what the belief is that is so heinous that they have to leave. Correct. Like so, I mean, obviously, we don't know. I mean, we're assuming that they believe something stricter than the town. Why the town would care, I don't know. Especially like Puritan, I mean, like they were like big on like, hey, you can be as strict as you want, and you'll be respected for it. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it could be. 
something happened in there. <laughs> something happened that was of a religious nature that caused them to exile them. Yes. Um, and they were exiled pretty damn far. Um, to the edge of the woods, which for, for anyone listening that knows that the woods, in, especially the folk horror genre and puritanical times, is evil. It's dark and you don't go into the woods. And you can pretty much see that in all three of these movies. Don't go into the woods in different areas and different time frames. Um, so we're introduced to and I know Thomason's name. That's about all I know. <laughs> I remember. You have the mother who is played by Aunt. Uh, she's, uh, was it Robin in Game of Thrones? Yeah, she, yeah, she of, played, she played Kat's little sister, the lady yeah. of the Eerie. She was yes. John Aaron's wife. Yeah. And just imagine that character, but here. And that's how annoying she is. Well, her name was um, her name was Cat in this too. I think her name was like Catherine. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Her name uh, was Catherine. Yeah. The dad's name they only said it once, and I don't remember what it is. He was just like no. the, the the dad figure. They Correct. did say it once, like that. I the, I think the mom said it to him once. Yeah, I don't remember what it's it was. Call him the, Rob. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the older son was Caleb. Caleb. Um, and then the, the fraternal twins were Jonas and Mercy. Mercy. Uh, and stars Anna Joy Anna, Anna Taylor Joy as Thomason. With yeah. our without her looking like she does now, I'd say she's almost unrecognizable. Well, this is the first thing I remember seeing her in. I don't know if she was yeah. in anything. I'm sure she was in stuff before this, but this is the first thing I remember seeing. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was yeah Thomason. Um, so yeah, the family's kicked out. You see that they're at their homestead and seemingly doing pretty well for themselves. You know, built the house and all that, have a farm going on. Jazz. Um. So Thomason, you know, it's kind of a kicker to start off with. Thomason is playing peekaboo essentially with her baby brother. Who was Samuel. Just, Samuel. Samuel was just born. And on the third peekaboo, he disappears. <laughs> yeah. Like, gone. Without sound, without a trace. Um, she kind of follows the crying into the woods and gets into there, but doesn't go too far. Um, I'd say, right? Um, well, yeah, because I mean, everybody's scared of the woods, and and that not like she yeah. can see them, just hears Correct. them for a while, and then stops hearing them when she stops running. Yeah, um, and then we are introduced to a very naked person, uh, has the baby, and then all of a sudden, it seemingly poured, uh, mortar and pedestal to mush, and then starts rubbing the unbaptized baby's blood all over her naked body. Uh now, in my assumption, I don't remember. I don't know if this is correct. Is this is essentially the idea of bathing in virgin blood? Does she is she the one that comes back as the youthful one later? Do you think that's my implication? That I got. Um, she is. She's also the one that shows up in the barn later. Later. Okay. Okay. Um. 
so yeah, so yeah, Thomason is accused of not watching. They're saying, "Oh, a wolf took him," because that's the only thing that makes sense, right? It's what else would be out there? There's no people around there, so it couldn't have been a person. And for it to be that sneakily, a wolf came and took the baby and ate it. Um, so Catherine, ding- the mother, a dingo. That's a dingo. Yeah, um, you know, the mother Catherine is very upset. She's crying and starts being very accusatory of. Uh, Thomason because it was his her fault that she blames her. I mean, um, that's I mean, it's unfair to blame her, but I understand where that's coming yeah. from. Like, how do you lose a baby that can't walk? Correct, it's very hard. Uh, yeah, so a lot, a lot of crying and and praying by the mother for the baby to come back. Uh, we see that. Uh, Samuel, not Samuel, uh, crap. Caleb, uh, and dad looked over the corn crops, and there's definitely like a fungus or infection going there, and they're rotting. So it's seemingly their crops aren't going to make it. So they go, okay, well, if we can't grow our food, we have to go hunt it. Um, so, you know, they take the sun out. He's talking about, like, oh, you know, I think it was the wolf. We should try to find it. Uh, they have a dog, which is pretty interesting. Um, and essentially, so yeah, they're practicing it. You know, talking about like stuff not to tell your mother that this is what's going on. You know, don't. Like, you know, so dad clearly has secrets or things that he doesn't want to tell his wife, and seems to be a little bit more less strict, I would say, than the mother. But it seems to be that he's the one that got them cast out. Um, anyway, he's teaching his, his son to hunt, and clearly the gun was loaded improperly because Caleb's unable to shoot the rabbit there, and the dad does it, and gets, like, power blown back into his eye. Okay. Well, like, those guns were extremely difficult to use yeah. <laughs> back then. <laughs> because it's not even a flintlock. Like, this is this is back in the old school where they had a fuse. Yeah. So, like, they literally had a fuse that when you pulled the trigger, the fuse would go down into the little tray that's supposed to hold the powder. And, it, and you had to wait for the fuse to ignite the powder. You had to hold the gun steady that whole time. Yes. So, like, you you pull the trigger and you have to wait, like, a, several seconds before that gun fires. So, yeah, he probably just put a little too much powder in the tray. Well, I mean, to be fair, the kid was doing it. And it seemed right. like this is the first time the kid was doing it, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so any, so anyway, um, so they come back empty-handed, uh, and they are, is this when they, they're eating at the dinner table, essentially just passing off a big piece of bread, just ripping off, because that's all they get to eat is bread. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, the, uh, the dad does tell Caleb that the how they got these traps to try to trap animals and I I don't I don't know if they're talking about the gun or not, but anyway, how we got the traps and the stuff to do the hunting and the trapping in the woods was he traded away the mom's silver cup, which was like the only like valuable thing they had. That she probably came back that she probably took with her from England. Yeah, she did. She said it was yeah. from her family. It was like a you know yeah an heirloom from the family. That was like the only thing left. They were like, they're living in like a, a hovel essentially. That was like the one, <laughs> the one nice thing that they had. Right. And the dad traded um, that, but of course didn't yeah. tell her about it. 
and the traps keep getting the the traps they're checking keep getting unset, so they have to keep resetting them. Which like something's coming by and like setting them off on purpose to make sure they can't hunt or get food. Um, yeah, and the cup comes back to play. You know, I want to point out right now this movie is very hard to understand sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, they're speaking in like correct like speech for yeah. the time. So it's not quite like Shakespearean English, but it's <laughs> still uh, earlier English than we're used to. So they they speak in in weird tones and weird, you know, they use words differently and stuff. Yeah, it's a lot more formal. Yes. Yeah, because I was watching it with the wife. She's like, uh, "Can we turn subtitles?" Because <laughs> <laughs> if if you if there's anything making the noise, it really gets off the tone and the words that you're listening to in this movie tremendously. Yeah, I had to turn the fa- I had to turn the fan in. off. Yeah. You can't fill in the words that you may have missed. Right. Yeah, I had to, so I had to turn dialogue. the fan off and I had to concentrate. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> uh but you know, good good on, on Robert Eggers for being so precise and being so upholding to making this a time period piece. Uh, he probably put more detail into this than most people do for this time period. Oh, definitely. Hands out. Definitely. Um, yeah, so anyway, you know, uh, I think the mom asks Thomason to get the cup, and she's like, it's not there, I can't find it. She's like, oh, you took it, you took it. And, like, so mom's already blaming her, and then the dad finally goes, all right, it was me. No, he does I did it. Oh, it's later, isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't do it. He does. He lets her think that it's... Like he lets the, the his yeah. wife think it's Thompson. He tries to shut her down. Like, all right, you know, she said she doesn't have it. Let it go. But yeah. he doesn't say that he took it yet. Oh, that's later. Sorry. Yeah. There's something between the hunting and the dinner. Um, he comes back and the mom is upset with her still uh, because you know the kids are playing with Black Philip. Black Philip. Black Philip. Let me just put this out now. The twins were s- super annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Black Philip is a big black goat. <laughs> right. And black creatures, especially black goats, are evil in, in well, this time frame. <laughs> they're not they're not <laughs> evil. It's just perceived as evil. Well, they're the the children are making up a story that he is. Correct. Like we talked to him, you know, we were they're like saying the stuff like, oh, you know, we give we com- we commanded to speak to us. And stuff like that, like you would do in a devil witchcraft ritual. Um, but yeah, so dad comes back, he has to chop wood in just basically a towel. Uh, and because Thomas has to go wash his clothes from I'd say the powder and just being out in the woods, and then the twins start say, you know, going, Oh, you're you're a witch. Um, Caleb goes there and is very fascinated by his older sister's breasts. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, to be fair, the kid is like, you know, 12. He's like going (laughs) through puberty and literally the only people around him are his family. Yes. So it's not like he's trying to be creepy. He's trying to stop himself. It's just, you know, showing that, you know, those hormones are hitting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the you know the sister saying, oh you know, sister went too far with playing into yes, she's a witch. Of course I'm a witch. You know, I sacrificed Samuel to the devil. You know, then of course tell that to your 
two annoying siblings are going to believe you and then kind of think that as well. Uh, then we get to the dinner. Uh, yeah, this is where the dad doesn't say anything about the cup and just lets his daughter take all the heat for the missing cup, even though he knew full well. And Caleb knew full well where the cup was, but no one said anything. Um, and then, you know, surprisingly, uh, at night, the parents have a separate bedroom, which doesn't seem like it's always the case in that time frame. Um, well, okay, to be fair, their separate bedroom is a curtain. <laughs> They have a well, curtain separating the dining table from their bedroom. <laughs> yes. That's that's well, not a room. Well, the kids sleep on straw upstairs. Well, so. the kids are in the attic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they hear her saying, hey, we're going to essentially give away Thomason because she's of age. She's, you know, the mom's like, she's becoming a problem, so let's get rid of her. And they kind of agree to that. So, uh, you know, makes sense. Um. Let's see here. Well, and then and then in the morning, because they all the kids hear that. Yeah. Um. So then in the morning, Caleb gets up before everybody else and decides that he's gonna go into he's town by himself. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go. Well, he's gonna his first plan was to go to the town to try to get um help to try to see you know basically to try to like get them money and supplies so that they don't so that she doesn't have to leave. Because, you know, he likes her, so he doesn't want her to leave. Um, she, yeah. Thomason catches him doing so and basically says, you know, no, you can't go unless you bring me. And he's like, no. And he's like, well, if you don't take me with you, I'm going to tell right now. So yeah. they both go out to, at first they're going to the town, but that changes quickly. Yeah. Um, essentially a rabbit comes in and just like, what, the horses go crazy. It's a devil um, rabbit. It's a devil rabbit. Devil rabbit, yes. Uh, their dog chases it. Uh, then Tom, uh, Caleb chases their dog. Uh, and then Thomason gets flung off a horse yep. and gets knocked unconscious. Uh, then we get Caleb kind of wandering through the woods. He meets a seemingly witch in a red cape with herpes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, that's what I'm assuming he has when he, when he comes back. I'm pretty sure those were bite marks. It wasn't okay. herpes. <laughs> herpes doesn't show up in 24 hours. Um, but still, then he gets a... He's drawn in because he's very he's being sinful and lustful and kisses the, the woman in red. Um, yeah. Essentially, uh... Well, that's what... Exactly. Yeah. So Thomason wakes up alone um, and then yeah. she... But wanders back and makes it back home, yeah. Uh, because the dad is out looking for her, so she ends up finding the dad. They go back, and of course, Caleb isn't with her. And now the mom is like super upset because now she, she lost, lost two child. of her children, right. right? So the mom is like, you know, beside herself and freaking out. The dad's like trying to calm her down, but like obviously stuff is is bad, right? And this, so, is, and this is where he admits that he took the cup to sell for yes, supplies. Right. He was to, too to harsh. quiet, right? To quiet her down, right. to get her off of Thomason's back. Um, and then, you know, and then she's like, calm with Thomason at that point. And then Thomason then says, um, I'm going to go set down the goats for the night, which is the one thing that I guess it looks like the mom doesn't like doing. It's, it's, yeah. It seems like it's her job, but she doesn't like doing it. So she goes to do that for her. Um, and then when she goes out to like, I don't know what she does. She like pets the goats until they go to sleep. I don't know what she's doing. Up there. 
Um, but yeah, but the, when she's out there, then um, Caleb comes back. Yeah, and he's like naked, naked, <laughs> and like like rubbing his body all weird up against the fence. Like I don't know what the hell was going on there. It's almost like he's in a trance and in delirium. I'd say. Well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's you know they bring him in, they lay him in bed. Um, then the next day, the twins tell Thomason like, "Hey, it was Black Philip. We you know caused them to be sick." Uh, oh, so the Black Thomas told the twins that it was Thomason that made Caleb sick. That's all his fault. Um. Yeah, and then Thomason goes to start milking uh, the goat, and blood is coming out from the udder. Um, I think she also, is she also getting the eggs, and like the eggs are kind of like bloody and unborn chicks and stuff like that. So, right, which, which in those, which in those days are signs of witch. Correct. Like that. That's what they would say. Like, right. They say when those things happen, that means a witch is. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think Caleb says he was just out in the woods because he used to go look for apples for food. That was all live, but he kind of wakes up and then coughs up like a rotten apple um, and starts, you know, they start praying while he's screaming and ranting. Um, and then, like, you know, they're trying to pray. And then one of the, the twin girl goes, I don't remember my prayers, which is another sign of witchcraft. Um, making people <laughs> unable to say the prayers. Uh, right? And then she kind of goes, oh, it's Thomas and Thomas. She told me she was a witch. She said she did it. Which, you know, comes to bite her in the ass. Um, and then the twins kind of fall as well. Well, Tom, yeah, Thomas goes, goes over to him and be like, stop it. And then as soon as Thomason gets close, they start, like, freaking out. Right. Like, pretending is, like Thomason is doing things to them. Which, if anyone who read the Crucible, is exactly what they do at the trials. Well, yeah, yeah they, again, yeah, the Salem witch trials, like witch trials of this time period. That's what, like, yeah. If, if someone tells you they're being controlled by the witch and they act goofy when the witch is around, it's like surefire evidence that they're a witch. Correct. Um, Caleb then stops and then uh, says, "Take me, take me, O Lord," and then dies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he also ta- he talks about like making out with jesus like i don't know i don't know that went off the rails there i don't know if i think everybody else was like uh what yeah um but yeah but at, at that point the dad is like you know you know thomas he brings thomas in outside and he's like okay are you a witch or what right and she's like, and she's like no i'm not a witch you know he's like well look at all this evidence like you know all this evidence is pointing to you being a witch and she's like no like the twins are faking it they're just messing with me. Like they're, it's not true. They're trying to get back at me for, for, you know, making fun of them earlier. And so he goes in there and he like grabs one of the twins and he like says, I want to smash you against the rock. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, the kids are fine. Um, so he basically no. realizes that they're all being asses. And so he throws them out in the barn and then nails <laughs> the door yeah. shut so they can't get out. Right. His last living children, he'd say his love with, the potential evil goat and blood-filled <laughs> creatures, right? Right. Um, yeah, so essentially then they just ignore like, Barry. They bury Caleb. Um, he sees that uh, what, 
Thomason sees their, her dad's asking for, you know, Jesus to punish him for his pride and all that stuff. Um, saves children, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they see, this is when all of a sudden they hear a noise, the, you know, middle of the night, the children hear a noise, and it is the old witch drinking from the udder of the bloody goat. Yeah. Fully naked still. Um, and then she's kind of like goes to attack the twins. Um, meanwhile, in the room, uh, Catherine wakes up and sees a vision of Caleb holding Samuel, and the baby's crying, so she goes to feed it like she was seeing. Uh, then we pull back um, and see it's a it's a crow eat, or a raven <laughs> pecking out her breast, essentially. <laughs> Feasting on it, feasting on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So. They, <laughs> you know, they wake up. Well, the, yeah. The dad goes out there to check on them in the morning, and he sees that all of the planks have been knocked off the barn. Yeah, all the goats and, are scattered around, dead and ripped open, and blood everywhere. And Thomason yeah, is just like gone. laying there. Yeah, twins are gone. And Thomason's just like laying there, like slowly waking up. And yeah. as he goes to like do something, he gets like straight up stabbed Gord. by Gord. Black Philip. Yeah, he like straight hits up him. stabs him yeah. with his with his with his horns. Yeah, knocks him, hits him once. He starts to try to fight him, hits him into the woodpile, and that's the end of Dad. Yeah. Um. Then Thomason tries to you know take care of him. You know, so with blood in her hands, the mom comes out screaming at her. You're like, you killed your father. You blood in your hands, and the mom's completely lost it and starts choking Thomason and Thomason just straight up stabs her a few times in the head and mother's dead. Yeah. Uh so now she go now now she goes like she goes and then falls asleep head down like heads up seven up style on the kitchen table. Uh or the way we used to sit in study hall on the desks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Wakes up at night. She goes. She talks to Black Philip and say, "I I conjure you to give me your name." And then uh, we start hearing some weird. It's seemingly out of place whispering. I know it's supposed to be out of place, but it's like it feels odd to to a point. Like it not done well. I felt. Um, essentially, Black Black Philip is talking to her. Do you like? Do you see the book? And then he changes into half man, half goat with like a goat leg, goat arm. And it's like, hey, what do you want? I can give you a pretty dress uh, to be fulfilled. Do you want that? Yes. Write your name. I can't write it. Well, let me help you with my hands. And then, okay, take off your clothes. Follow this. Follow me into the woods. And then she meets up with a bunch of other naked women around the bonfire and they're all chanting, and they all kind of flew up into the sky. Well, they're they're party girls. Yes, they're having a, <laughs> they're having a good time out there. Yes, and the movie. Yes. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to remember if I saw this in theaters. I don't know if I did. Um, but <laughs> my my first thought was. Man, these people are really hard to understand. Well, yeah, uh, that's true. But overall, I, you know, I'm like, okay, this is a this is a pretty good movie. Like, this is it's better than what it should have been. And I think it's you know part of the period piece that worked in, went into it. All the acting 
I said, you know, the twins were supposed to be annoying, and they were quite annoying. Uh, the mother, you know, like I said, just imagine her character from Game of Thrones, but in Puritan state, and that's how crazy and much you don't like her. Because I don't like her in this movie in any way, shape, or form. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why, why not? Uh, annoying as hell. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I probably watched this, I don't know, every year and a half since it came out. So I've seen this a handful of times, and it's not that I'm mess up catching anything new. It's just a it's just a really well crafted movie, and uh, we'll get into our, my low points. But you know, what are your first thoughts on this? Were you back into horror at this point in time? This came out. Yeah, no, yeah, I watched it when it came out. I um, uh, I didn't see it in the theater. I know that. Okay. Um, but I I saw it right when it came out. Because uh, I remember people saying that, you know, oh, this is, you know, it's, you know, good. It's, you know, kind of like uh, an old timey time period piece. Right. Um, and and yeah. there's a lot of interest. There's enough interesting things going for it to where I did watch it. But yeah, I know I was back into horror around that time. I think it, it was around the same time as like It Follows, it follows. came out. Yeah. Yeah. It was around so, that same time. Kind of, kind of, you came back into horror because we had a, a good renaissance of horror movies in 2015 yeah that's it feels like i mean but what your was was your first thoughts and rewatch wise um the rewatch i think the one thing that i didn't remember before was when when the samuel was taken Uh i didn't remember that they actually showed the witch yes like I, I remember it being more of like a a mystery kind of thing as to like what was going on. I didn't remember the witch there. Obviously, the witch was there. <laughs> I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or what. But again, I was rewatching, and I'm like, I don't remember this being explained to me this early. Like I thought it was like more of like a end. You didn't find out what's happening until the end. Um, and I guess that's true for most of what's going on. But yeah. I thought the baby part of it, I thought was just kind of like a mystery. And that's how the whole thing started. But I don't remember the witch being there. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, it was just good. I enjoyed it. Otherwise, that was the only thing that was different on the rewatch. So is, this only, is this only your second time seeing it then? Pretty sure, yeah. Okay. No, but I mean, like I said, the attention to detail of the clothes, of the tools, of the dialogue was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did a fantastic job. I mean, yeah, the uh, yeah, whoever the costume design was, I mean, again, they were all like, um, you know, like correctly like worn out, <laughs> you know, like because yeah. you know back then people only had one set of clothes, you know, yeah. and like like the dad showed he was chopping wood in a sheet because his one you know set of clothes was being washed, I and mean, that's how it was back then. You didn't have enough money to have multiple sets of clothes. Um, so yeah, so like, yeah, everybody had just their one set and that was it. And that's why the kids are wearing like, kind of like clothes that's like, are too big for them, you know, or kind of like that don't fit right. Yeah. Again, because you have to make do it what you got. Right. Um, but no, yeah, everything was like, you know, dirty and worn out. And again, it was, it just, yeah, whoever, whoever did it, did a very good job of, of keeping it authentic ish. Yeah. Right, that, which you know, that rolled into my highlights. Yeah, authenticism was spot on. 
I, I believe. And it really made you feel like you were dealing with a witch in that time period. Like the insanity, the, the crap that people would immediately jump to because, you know, things didn't go right. Hardships right. happened. It's easier to blame someone else than just it being nature or anything like that. Because, you know, especially in the time period, God wouldn't let anything happen to you like this. So it has to be work of something evil trying to stop you from surviving and living. Um, now, was that really the case? Was Black Phillip causing these things? Probably. <laughs> oh, I mean... Not really. I mean, I guess that's what happens, right? I mean, well, I mean, again, this is, you know, literally the under, um, the underwriting underneath the Vavitch is uh, a New England folktale. So, like, this right. is supposed to be a folktale, like a, well, again, a folktale from that time period. So, of course, them saying, like, oh, you know, this is, this is how the devil gets you, is he backs you into a corner. It's where you have no other choice. It's like, well, right. I mean, yeah, that's kind of sucks. <laughs> like, what else are you going to do? But that's, you know, but if you're looking at, you know, the Old Testament Bible, that's what they used to do, right? Yeah. I mean, look, at, look at the book of Job. <laughs> I mean, was, you know, let's see if we can torture a guy to, to you know, to give in to the devil. Yep. <laughs> and that's, they did it to him like his whole life. I mean, that was the whole thing. So, yeah, you back somebody into a corner to see if they're true children of God or whatever. But, yeah, I mean. That sucks. <laughs> you yeah. basically, you know, I mean, you, you basically got rid of this girl's entire family. She has nothing left. Like, what is she going to do? Run the farm by herself? Right. No. I mean, like other people are going to find out that all of her family is dead and they're going to blame her. So, I mean, if she goes and back to her and accuse her of being a witch. Right. Yeah. She goes back to the town. She's going to be burned as a witch anyway. I mean, there's no way of, for her to survive this. So, like, no, literally, if either she just dies <laughs> Or, you know, basically she would have to kill herself, which is, again, yep. a sin. Sin, yep. So, like, yeah, there's no way out. So, yeah, that'd be, again, yeah, I don't know what you're supposed to learn from that story. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you supposed to learn? Like, she didn't do anything wrong. No. And she was not a witch. Until the no, end. she was not a witch at all. She was, like, trying to tell people she wasn't a witch. I guess it's maybe it's a cautionary tale about don't think people are witches without real proof or whatever or you know something yeah. maybe that's the the real story it's not it wasn't her story even though she was like the main character the the right. folk tale the thing you're supposed to learn is not her pov it's everybody else's don't judge before you know right you're stronger together than apart right something like that yeah yeah maybe that's what they were trying to learn i don't know right so what were your highlights um yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the highlights is, you know, obviously costumes, sets, and all that kind of stuff. It was, you know, fantastically done. Um, I would say, I mean, even the performances of everybody. I mean, I think everybody did an outstanding job. Um, I mean, the kids were annoying, but they were supposed to be annoying, right? That was right. like, that was their purpose, and they were exactly that. <laughs> they were annoying, but they were supposed to be. Every scene that they're in, they're annoying. Right. That was what they were supposed to be. You know, it was like everybody else was was great. You know, mom, dad, Thomas and Caleb, they were perfect. Uh, you know, yeah. they did exactly what they were supposed to. Um, I also liked, I mean, just the atmosphere that's out there, you know, like the kind of foreboding of the wood. But it's not like they don't superficially put any like blackness or darkness or anything like over the woods. It just looks like regular wood. Right. You know, there's nothing changed about it. It's just, you know, that ominous kind of 
um, you know, feeling there. Um, and also that the, the sound in this is most of the time there is no sound at all. Like there's not really a score. Like most of the time it's just very, very quiet, but it's like when they need you to feel like on edge, there's like this weird kind of like grating, like screeching kind of chorusy stuff that happens to make you uneasy. Yeah. Which I thought was done really well. Do you want to roll into your low points then? Uh, sure. Poor Fowler. <laughs> yep. Poor dog was just, just trying, to, trying to. Yeah, he was just trying to hunt a rabbit in the woods. He got killed by the mean old witch. He's a good boy. Yes, he was. Now, was it was that your only low point? <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, otherwise, I, I, I mean, yeah. There's not really other low points that I could find. Um, this isn't necessarily a, for me a, a a low point, but I know we've discussed this multiple times. Of is the ending of this. Um, I think it would have been. It, it, this I said just my opinion. More impactful and more mysterious if we didn't know that witches were actually real. I think if they had Black Philip just speaking to her and we didn't hear it, and her just kind of wandering off, and that would have been it. We didn't need to see her go into the woods. We didn't need her to meet the coven. We didn't need to see her flying. Well, that's a folktale, though. Folktales have to have it an is. ending. Yeah. <laughs> folktales are just like amorphous, you know. We don't know what happens. We lost that last page. They don't do that. Right. I'm just saying from a from a uh, horror movie standpoint, to leave more mystery into it, to make you not know, because, you know, the idea in this time period was, geez, well, let's face it, the witches weren't real, but to have more mystery behind it, whether was, was she a rich witch or not. So it's a minor critique. It would be interesting to see that ending just like that. Yeah. Uh, again, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a bad ending, regardless, because yeah, no matter what she did, <laughs> she was right. going to die, right? I mean, yeah. like she could have like, oh, let's I'm gonna make it on my own in the forest, right? Um, you know, she would have died of exposure or something, right? She kills herself. That's a sin, right? She goes to hell anyway. She becomes yeah. a witch. Okay, now at least she gets to have fun for a while and then go to hell. <laughs> or or she could go back to the town and die innocently, but everyone else thinks she's a witch. Yes. Right. So I mean, like, yeah. There, what what's the good outcome there? Damned if you, damned if you don't. Right. I mean, there's literally nothing else you can do. I mean, she could run to the next town, but I'm sure word will spread. You know. I mean, that's gossip is the only thing people have back then. Yeah. They don't have. They don't have. You know, soap operas to watch. Nope. All right. So naked people out of. Naked people in the woods, out of ten for me. Uh this is like I said, we've been saying we're praising this movie a lot. It's a damn good movie. It really is. Um, I'm giving it nine naked people in the woods out of ten. Uh I mean it's just really well crafted and better than most horror movies that we see that we watch. What about you? Um this movie I will give uh, eight naked people in the woods. <laughs> um, it is very good. It is definitely uh, rewatchable. It's definitely, you know, 
fun. And like I said, we're watching the second time. I was still just as interested as I was the first time. Yeah. Um, I personally think his movie after this was fantastic. <laughs> I like that one better than this one, but that one not technically horror. So. Gotcha. What was his movie after this? Well, maybe not right after this, but his movie that I like the most is The Northman. Okay. Oh, he did The Lighthouse next, which is technically horror. Yeah, Lighthouse is really good, too. If you haven't he's seen those, and, and he's doing Nosferatu. Is he? He's doing remaking yeah. it again? Uh-huh. Is yeah. it going to be Willem Dafoe again? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they were making... Aren't they, they said they were making that's, another Shadow of the Vampire, right? It's Bill Skarsgård. Okay. Which would still be good. Well, yeah. He he seems to be like the new guy to put in a suit and be scary. I mean, William Defoe is in it. So. Well, you ever see Shadow of the Vampire? Uh, no. Shadow of the Vampire is a movie about the making of Nosferatu. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they find out that uh, that uh, Max... Yeah, like Max Shrek. Vampire. Yeah, Max Shrek an is vampire. is an actual vampire, and they're filming him not in makeup. That's how he really looks. And right. and, and, and Willem <laughs> Willem Dafoe plays the is in that movie. That's why I I said it would be funny if he came back to do him again. No, he's in the movie, but he's not playing Count Warlock. Oh, at least he gets to come back. Yes. All right. Why don't you bring us into our next movie, Antlers? Antlers. Um, starring Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons, uh, and then and the well, the old native guy that's in everything that oh, has an old yeah. native guy. I don't know his he name. Was, he was in Last of Us. Yes, he was. Yeah, <laughs> playing an old native guy. <laughs> like I said, he's always the old native guy. Yes, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's him. And, it, and uh, yeah, he plays a. Great character. Well, we'll get into that. Is he is he one flew over Kook's nest? Is he Indian Joe? Uh, not in the original. Okay. I don't know if there may have been some <laughs> remake, but not in the original because he would have been probably well, age would have probably been okay, but no, I don't believe that was him because that he was a lot taller and bigger. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So antlers. So. Uh, we start off with um, a kid kind of wandering through a abandoned mine kind of like yeah. facility. Um, and he makes his way back to um, his like pickup truck right before his dad comes running out. And he, you know, puts some stuff in the back of the truck of what it looks like kind of miscellaneous tools and stuff. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'll be back. You just don't leave this truck. He goes back in. It, it appears that the guy's like, you know, at that time, it looks like he's just like scavenging stuff that was left behind. Maybe he's going to sell it. Right. Um, and then he goes back in and he puts on a gas mask and he heads down into the actual mine. And we find out that, no, he's cooking meth. <laughs> he's cooking yes, meth <laughs> with his partner. And they got like, you know, the little, um, you know plastic hut and you see all the like the you know the medicine that they're making the meth out of and all that kind of stuff anyway um so they're making meth and they start hearing noises you know like animal noises um and so they're like oh you know what's going on so they're they're kind of they go about this one like uh, path in the mine and there's like all these like you know medicine bags hanging from the ceiling 
And they're like, oh, this is, you know, it's scary. We should go this way. So the one guy turns around, but the other guy keeps going. And then we hear, like, an attack and screaming, and then it just cuts. Uh, and it cuts to uh, Carrie Russell is a teacher. Um, this is, like, a very rural town. Oregon town. Yeah, yeah and, like, it, on the Oregon coast. Um, so, like, you know, her class of what, like, I don't know, 12 kids. <laughs> Something like it that. It yeah. might be like the entire school because they seem like they're of kind of different ages, but um, that yeah. might have just been casting. I don't know. But anyway, it's a, it's a small class, so it's a rural area anyway. And she's kind of teaching. It uh, feels like English, right? She's talking about like myths and legends and folklore and stuff like that. Um, she's yes. trying to get the kids to talk about different legends and blah, blah, blah. Um, and she keeps calling on this one kid who... Um, uh, the casting director nailed it, right? Because if you think, um, okay, what would a child of a meth head look like? Yeah. Nailed it. Okay. Yeah. This kid, and this is like, if you think of what does a kid of a meth head look like? This kid is exactly that. Um, again, perfect casting for this kid. Um, yeah. but anyway, yeah. So, so she finally, you know, I think it's over a couple of days, but anyway, she finally gets him to like, talk about the the story that he was writing about and it's like he talks about how it's like what, three bears go into woods and then you know like one bear gets sick and then starts like getting violent and attacking the other bears and then one of the other little bears gets sick and so the, the last bear has to like lock them up for their own good so they don't you know make anybody else sick or whatever um it's like a terrible sounding story and you can tell that carrie russell is getting worried <laughs> about this kid, right? Um, so yeah, she's kind of concerned about the kid. She's trying to find out more about him. Um, we also find out that she is living in the house that she grew up in with her brother. Her brother is the sheriff, played by uh, Jesse Plemons. Um, now, he's, I mean, relatively you know, youngish for a sheriff. You know, he took over when the other sheriff retired, but that was basically because no one else was going to do it. Like, it's not like he wanted to do it. It was like, no one else would. Do it. As you said, like, no one else wanted this Right, job. yeah. Like, right. Yeah, no one else wanted it. So that's it. And his deputy is Rory Cochran, who I think is like criminally underused in this movie. Because <laughs> um, he's been in yeah. a lot of cool stuff. And he's, he's a good actor but yeah he's like he might have like what three lines in this whole movie yeah not a lot that's about it yeah yeah not a lot um so anyway so we find out that yeah she's moved back in this house like her and her brother are at kind of like a weird like relationship because the the mom died when she was young um and the dad was alive um later on and she basically like as soon as she turned 18 she like left because she couldn't be in the house anymore um, there was definitely some abuse going on. Uh, as far as what it was, I don't know. There's a lot of weird hints as to what it was. Like there was like, she's like playing the piano and then there's like, she has like visions of the dad coming up and like, you know, rubbing her shoulders and her neck. And then she has like weird visions of him, like curled up in a fetal position on a bed, like hugging a teddy bear and crying, but he's naked. So it's, yeah. it's, it's weird. It, it, it doesn't actually tell you that there was like sexual abuse going on, but I'm pretty sure there was. And I'm pretty Heavily sure that's, implied. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why she left because he was like all messed up. 
So he was doing these things, but it seemed to be like he was regretting it. or whatever. I don't know. So as soon as she became of age, she took off for California. Um, and she's been gone ever since then. And so there's like, you know, kind of like weird blood between her and her brother because, you know, she's like, well, I was getting abused, so I had to leave. And he was kind of like, well, what do you think happened after you left? Right. But anyway, the dad right. died recently. So that's why she came back to like help the brother out, um, you know, and, and to, for them to be together again, because again, now that the dad wasn't there, there was nothing getting in their way. Um, but there's still kind of like an uneasy ground, right? It's kind of a new thing for them. Anyway, um, so she is now trying to figure out what is going on with this kid. Um, and, and the kid, we get the kid's point of view and we see him like go home and he's like, you know, putting extra locks and bolts on this door. And we hear like banging and growling and all kinds of horrible things happening behind this door. And we know that his dad and his brother are both in there and they're like trying to get out. And it seems to be like they're trying, they like want to attack him and he's keeping him in there for his own safety. Um, and he's also bringing them like roadkill to eat. <laughs> and like anything his dead. Yeah, yeah. His, his dad, anything that's dead with that's technically consists of meat, which is like, you know, a, a raccoon. I think he brings him like an old raccoon. Um, so yeah. anyway, so the dad, like, you know, just eats this raccoon like raw. And then when he's, when the dad is eating, he can like go talk to his little brother who seems kind of sort of normal ish, at least at this point, he can like still talk and stuff, but he's like, you know, obviously sick. He looks sick. Um, but yeah, so he's like, you know, giving him like treats and, and snacks and stuff. And, um, but then, you know, as soon as the dad like finishes eating, he like, you know, kind of scares him off and he has to run down and lock him back in again. Um, well, we don't really know what happened at this point. They don't give us the, the story of what happened there until later. Um, so Carrie Russell is, you know, taking an interest in this kid. She like follows him home, like trying to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, he catches her following him. They try to have some ice cream and, you know, he opens up a little bit to her, but as soon as she starts pressing about his home life, he just shuts down and runs away. Um, she does end up going to the house when the kid isn't there. Um, and she hears like, you know, growling and weird noises coming from inside the house. So she tries to report it to the police. Um, but the, you know, the police are like, well, we can't just go there. Like you went there, like, you know, illegally, <laughs> we can't do anything about that. So she goes to the principal, um, who is, uh, Shanice from uncle Buck. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only other thing the only other thing that i knew her from is yeah she was Shanice from uncle buck um and she convinced she tells the principal like you know look at these drawings that he's doing because he's making these drawings of like you know these animals like tearing Creatures, things yeah. apart and blood and death and all that um and she's like you know i tried to go to their house i'm trying to call them i'm not getting any answer like you know the kid is like looks like he's not doing well we need to like check on him she's like okay i'll go check on him as soon as i can um, and then we see her go to the house. She goes, you know, pulls up just like Carrie Russell did um, and then goes to the house. But she goes further in the house um, and she keeps, you know, like kind of looking. She finds the door that's like latched shut and she opens the door and goes all the way up into like the attic and, uh, you know, basically gets attacked by the dad. Um, and, you know, obviously things aren't what aren't good <laughs> um so the kid comes home uh he sees what happened 
Um, and he tries to hide it, right? He locks him back in there and he like puts a big tarp over her car, hoping that, you know, people won't see it. Um, and essentially, you know, basically, uh, Carrie Russell figures out, you know, they, they figure out that she's missing. They're like, okay, you know, well, what can we do? And they find out that, um, I think she says, oh, the last time I talked to her, I told her to go check out this house. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll go check out that house. And then, like, at the same time that's happening, um, this kid that was, like, kind of bullying the meth kid, um, basically, you know, they're going back and forth, kind of, you know, messing with each other. The bully is not taking it well. And so the bully kind of, like, um, attacks him, or he's going to attack him. You know, he, he like, kind of gets in his way when he's on his way home and but he's close to the meth kid's house anyway anyway so which is weird because they show him walking a really long distance home so like that kid would have had to really walk a long distance and then wait in like this remote area (laughs) (laughs) that's odd anyway so he's out there and as like the kids like starts to confront uh, the meth kid um and then this like huge monster like comes out of the woods and attacks him Right. We don't get to see anything at that point, but we do hear it right. and we kind of see it blurry in the background of like the, you know, this kid getting torn apart. Um, but it seems to ignore the kid, the meth kid. Uh, then the right. meth kid essentially goes back home. Um, and at this point, um, this is when the police go and check out the house because Carrie Russell goes there again and finds the, the principal's car under the tarp. And he goes, okay, like, the, you know, police need to come here because obviously, you know, something's up. Like, she's in there. So they search the house and they find, um, oh, wait, no. First, the 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 old sheriff, who is the old native guy, um, finds a dead body in the woods. Just kind of a, a, a an aside type thing. And this dead body is the other meth guy. So, you know, right. the dad was the one meth guy who's, you know, apparently something wrong with him. He's locked in a room. The other meth guy was torn in half and has, like, obviously been, like, eaten. Burnt. And burnt. And burned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that's kind of the introduction we get to the old sheriff. Um, and then we that's the first notification that we get that something awry is going on. Anyway, so they get to this house and they look in the house and they find the dead body of the principal who has been again eaten (laughs) um and they find the body of the dad but the dad is like it's like a shell of his body that looks like something burst out from inside of him like it looks like he kind of threw it off like it like a molting spider (laughs) um but they do notice that they're still able to like check dental records i guess and they find out that that is the dad um so you know, they, they, the dad is dead. The principal's dead. And now they're, you know, they don't know what else to do. They, the kid is like the only one that, that kind of knows what's going on. And the kid is talking nonsense, right? This is where we get the backstory of like, what happened is like, yeah, whatever happened in the mine, um, when they came back, the dad was like super sick and like super hungry all the time. And whenever he tried to eat regular food, he would just like throw up blood. And so he had to eat like, meat and he knew he was sick so he told the the kids to lock him in this room and then after a while like he looks like he's having like you know i guess drug withdrawals or something 
Very um, much so, yes. But, I mean, it's obviously worse than that. Um, and, then, and after a while, the other kid that was with him in the mine is also starting to get sick. And so that's when they both get locked in there. But the other kid, the one that, you know, locked him in there, the one that we we're introduced to in the beginning, he's not sick. So that's why. You know, but anyway, we got the background of, like, how it got to be where it is. Um, and yeah, essentially he's got like this hunger for meat that like never stops. And he's like, actually like his chest like glows. Yeah. Um, but like, like it's on fire all the time anyway. So at this point, um, you know, they, they can't take the kid to the hospital, you know, trying to like figure out what's going on, you know, what is wrong with them, you know, and Carrie Russell kind of feels like a kinship, like. You know, this kid's you know was abused, kind of like how we were abused. So, like, she wants to take him in. Um, so they, you know, as they're debating that whole thing, um, they end up talking to the old sheriff guy, and he tells him what this monster is because they describe it, right? Well, she also has a drawing, right? Yeah, yeah. She's got the the kid, the drawing, you know, because he drew it after it attacked the kid in the woods or whatever. Right, and, um, the, yeah. and, the, and the old sheriff goes, "Is he native?" Right, which is nope. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so he shows him what it is, and then he tells him it's a wendigo. Um, yeah. Wendigo being the you know traditional native definition of wendigo, which is you know someone who eats you know other human flesh and then becomes this monster that hungers forever and can never be fulfilled. Um, so that's essentially that's what we learn what the dad is and whatever whatever it is he is now like fully this thing he's not even because before he was like would kind of go back and forth but it appears that he ate enough to become this you know wendigo now um so they basically decide that okay we need to bring this kid somewhere safe so they bring him back to of course carrie russell and jesse plemons house (laughs) Um, and they figure out like, okay, you know, he might not be safe there. This monster might come there. So, you know, he sends Rory Cochran there to, um, to watch the house because he has to go talk to the mayor because they need to like get ahead of this before the press gets a hold of it or whatever. Um, so Rory Cochran is, you know, kind of, you know, looking around on the property. He hears, you know, noises and monster noises and he goes to check out the shed um, he finds the little kid like hiding in a, I don't know, basket of blankets. Um, and he goes, Oh, Hey little kid, what are you doing? And then just gets gored by the, the Wendigo, which is just like this big, huge, like, I don't know. It looks like a werewolf with all kinds of like antlers all over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this kills him like immediately. So Jesse Plemons was in, you know, they talking to him on the radio. So now he can't get a hold of him on the radio. So he's like, okay, I got to get there to find out what's going on. So he gets there, he gets all suited up in his bulletproof vest and everything. And then he goes out there, um, he sees the dead cop and then he gets attacked. <laughs> um, he gets like knocked against the wall and kind of sort of knocked unconscious. Um, he wakes up enough to like lean up against the wall and then it like gores him like through the wall, like through his arm. Um, he shoots at it a couple of times and it and it leaves, but he's still like severely injured. And so Carrie Russell is in the house with the kid, Uh, you know, here's all this kind of stuff. And she comes out to check on him. Um, And of course he's like, you know, severely injured and she tries to like patch him up the best he can and bring him back in the house. And the kid is now gone. The other kid, the meth kid is gone. 
Um, so they're like, okay, well, you know, they're going to the mines, right? Because that's where the whole thing started. So they're going to the mines. We have to go to the mines to end it. Um, and Jesse Plemons is like, well, I'm coming with you. And she's like, you're like near dead. Like, you can't do anything. It's like, no, I'm, I'm coming with you anyway. So they drive to the mine. And then as they get to the mine, we see Jesse Plemons like unconscious. And then she finally calls the ambulance. But she just takes his gun and goes in to the mine alone. Um, she goes into the, the mine and of course, you know, she goes past the medicine bag area and she sees the kids like hiding behind, I don't know, some mine machinery or something. Um, and then the big monster is there like eating something. I don't know what it was, a bear. <laughs> I think it was a bear. I think it, was, it looked like a bear. Anyway, it was eating something. Um, so she's in there, um, you know, fighting. So she shoots it a couple times. It doesn't really do much. <laughs> Um, they're, they're fighting back and forth and she manages to like, um, stab it and pull its heart out, um, and then stab the heart and then like, you know, whatever, extinguish it. Um, but it, all it does is travel to the next sick person in the area, which is the other kid that was sick. So now that kid starts like glowing and then that kid is basically going to become the next Wendigo. And so then she has to convince the meth kid, like, yeah, I have to kill your brother, too. And so she does. Right. And then she comes out and then, you know, Jesse Plemons ends up living. <laughs> um, but then they you know, basically uh, go back home, you know, like everybody's, you know, healed up again. You know, we see Jesse Plemons. You know, he's in his cop uniform, but he's in like a sling or whatever. Um, and so everybody's kind of like trying to live a normal life again. And then as the movie ends, we see Jesse Plemons start coughing up blood, which is the first stage of the, the sickness. Correct. Basically meaning that it's just going to start all over again. Correct. The end. The end. Uh, this is your first time seeing it, right? Yeah. No, it, it's been on my list because it's fairly new. It, it was the came out just last one twenty one. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say last couple of years. It was yeah. on my list. I just never got around to watching. Oh, uh, what was your first thought on this? This being your first watch, um, it was good. I mean, I gotta say the um the first like two thirds of the movie are great. I mean, the way that the the kind of leading up, uh, like the mystery of like what is happening and like. Like I said, it's the kid, you know, what's happening at the kid's house. Obviously, we know there's some kind of like monster. Something's wrong with his dad and his brother. We don't have no idea what it is because they don't show him at all. They just show him banging on the door. Like the only thing we see is like a little tiny bit through the keyhole. So we see they're like sick in some way, but we don't know why or what. Um, and then like the whole like, you know, Carrie Russell and her brothers, kind of the tension there is is played off really, really well. Um and like the weird, like whatever kind of abuse was happening in, to them and their house when they were growing up. I mean, again, there's a lot of like subplots that are going on here that are really just adding a lot. You know, like, again, like you can see why she cares about that kid, because again, it, it looks like he's being abused um, and she was abused as a kid. So you see why she's caring, right? Why she is trying to go that extra mile to like find out because she wishes someone would have done that with her when she was younger. Um, there's a lot of lot of things that play off of each other, and I think like the very end, like that last third, it just kind of like drops into like action, 
weirdly <laughs> like the rest of the movie wasn't really leading down that road and then it just like ended up in an action thing you know it ended up in the traditional like <laughs> horror action whereas like the first two-thirds of that was just kind of like a, a psychological build-up it was that it wasn't bad yeah. i'm not saying the last ha- third of it was bad it was not bad it was still good but it was just it, was, it felt like a different movie like the first two-thirds well, was- feel like a different than the last third yeah, the, the the last there was like defeating the monster, right? Right. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, it was like yeah, essentially like yeah. When they get the kid back to the house, and then Rory Cochran, you know, gets attacked in the shed. Like from that point forward, it just feels like just a generic action story. So there was no like nuance at that point anymore. And then before that, it was like nothing but nuance. It was like nothing but like multiple plot lines, you know, you know, stewing around with each other. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that. Um, yeah, for me, like I said, I I never thought of it the last third being that way, but as you say it, yet yeah, I do see that. Um, oh, this is probably the second or third time I watched this. My initial thoughts was, "Holy crap, they're doing a Wendigo <laughs> doing it well." Um, which is I think rare. You know, it, Wendigo has become such a more common thing, you know, like Teen Wolf, Supernatural, Charm, well, even yeah. Hannibal. Well, well, Wendigos and those contexts are usually just used as a, like an interchangeable term with werewolf, which is right. not true. But I mean, again, in most of these, like, you know, kind of, you know, common pop culture world, like they'll say the word Wendigo, but they'll usually say it in the same sentence as werewolf, like is in there the same thing. Which is not true, but again, Correct. they get grouped together that way. Right. So yeah, it was nice oh. to see this one is just plain old Wendigo. No like weird werewolf stuff. It's just plain old Wendigo. Right. And the, I, I, even I know you haven't watched it, probably the world, the TV show Supernatural is there in the Oregon area and is people turn into Wendigos and then have to eat human flesh. So still a very, that was true to it as well um the only thing that this might be the low point is i don't recall as my first thoughts was a wendigo being transferred from person to person like that like a disease well yeah the thing that i was confused only one alive at a time yeah right yeah the thing that i was confused about is like okay like what happened to the wendigo that attacked them in the mine right right because Obviously, the two guys were cooking meth. Neither one of those is a Wendigo, right? So, like, something attacked them and made them into Wendigos. Like, what happened to that one? Like, they went back to the area. They went back to that same spot where they found it, and it wasn't there. So, like, does it transfer it (laughs) in some way? And if that's true, why didn't it transfer to the other people he was eating? Correct. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There was just there's confusion going on there. Again, uh, yeah, it was it was a mystery enough to where like you know I don't, uh, you know, it, could it have happened a different way? Sure. It was just confusing as they never explained like what originally caused it to happen. Yes, I said that's that's the only time I've ever seen it being. Yes, you can become a Wendigo by it, but a, a transfer is only one Wendigo at a time. It's always been a, a cautionary tale of cannibalism. Is idea of Wendigos. It's usually always in the winter 
or a group of people lost in the woods that you know don't eat the flesh of man or you become a wendigo right but yeah that's, but it's that's like the, that's it, the tale yeah. right but if there's like that's a group lesson. yeah if there's a group of 10 people and they all eat people then you have 10 wendigos <laughs> like you don't have just Correct. one <laughs> like you have 10 like yeah that's traditionally that's how the story goes you become one when you eat human flesh right and that's and that's the that's the lesson learned from this tale is don't eat yeah don't, don't eat your pe- your friends <laughs> don't eat your friends right yes all right so uh what are your highlights then um highlights i got to say the acting is is like fantastic i mean just about everybody in this even the meth kid does great um, I would say the the only one that I thought was like a little questionable was his little brother. Um, but again, it's not really much there. He's really just there to look emaciated and sick. <laughs> like he's there's very few lines that he has, but the very few lines that he has are, are kind of not done well. But again, it's very, very minor. But everybody else, that kid, uh, Carrie Russell, Jesse Plemons. I mean, everybody else is great. Like, I mean, does like above average great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. Other than that, it was gonna you know, be the bad ending. I love bad endings, and I, I like when things oh, absolutely. don't end up because it seemed like it was like, well, obviously she had to kill the kids. So obviously, there wasn't like a happy ending. It wasn't going to be a happy ending regardless. Um, because yeah, like happy ending would be the you know after the Wendigo is dead, the 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 brother goes back to normal, right? Um, he does not. He becomes a Wendigo. She has to kill him too in order to end the curse. And then not only that, but now Jesse Plemons is now her brother is now also going to become one too. So, right, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I agree with you. The acting w- was spot on. I like the creature effect too. Uh, you know, the Wendigo is always portrayed as kind of being, you know, dark and antlery. Uh, obviously, he had like fifty antlers coming out of him at all at the same time. Right. Um, but still, though, I, I said even with him, essentially he was wearing the face of the dad over its skull. Right. Yeah. He like uh, yeah. peeled it off and then was wearing it like a mask. Right. Um. Yeah. I said. The, I mean, we discussed this before. We'll discuss more when creature effects are done really, really well. They're amazing. I think this is an example of that. You know, it's not a full show, you know, show of everything. You still see there's some mystery somewhat. It's it, he kind of the face kind of looked like Krampus to me. Yeah, uh, but as yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, the mine was very, very dark. So, like, you never got a right. full light shot of this thing. It was always yeah. in the shadows. Yeah, and that's good for creatures. You don't have to see the entirety of the creature for it to be, you know, criticize or, or pick the part because you can have fill in the blank stuff. You don't have to see the entirety of the creature. Yeah, do people want to see the creature in the creature movie? Yes, but it doesn't have to be like broad daylight, here's the creature. You know, that, I think that adds more to the mystery and intrigue of it. Right. And yes, they picked the perfect kid to look like a son of a meth head and starving. <laughs> and malnourished. Like I said, it was like they nailed that casting. That kid looked exactly like that. Right. Uh, what about low points for you? Um, 
Okay, so low points would be one. Uh, if you were the sheriff and uh-huh. you saw your deputy dead on the ground, uh, you should call an officer down, right? I understand that this is a, a rural police area, right? I get that. You might not have another deputy, but like there are state police. Like there are people that you can call for backup. Like if your deputy has been murdered and there's something in the woods that can kill people, like why would you not immediately call for state support? Like why would the mayor have not already called for state support knowing all these murders that happened that they just literally had that conversation? Like other people should now be involved. The FBI should is probably on their way there. You know what I mean? All of these like murders and, and weird stuff like that. Like if you find a weird house with like multiple dead people that look like they were eaten in the house, like the FBI is on their way. Um, but anyway, well, yeah, it was like are coming. Yeah, right. I'm just you know what I'm saying. Like something is is going on. At the very least, the state police should have been there, and he didn't even call the officer down. He didn't do anything. He just like tried was like, you know, hey, buddy, you OK? Like, he's obviously dead. There's blood everywhere. He had a big hole in him. The dude is dead. He hasn't been answering his radio for the last 20 minutes. He's dead. Why are you not calling officer down? Why did you not call for backup as soon as you lost contact with him on the radio? <laughs> it just it was bizarre. And then, OK, uh, the, you know, whatever, whatever reason he has for not calling then. Right. Then he gets attacked later on. Okay, now him and his sister are in the house and they're planning on going to the mine. And again, he's like, oh, I'm coming with you. Okay, I get that you want to go with your sister. I'm not saying that that you shouldn't do that. But like, where is your backup, dude? Like, why are you not calling in the National Guard at this point? Like, hey, there's, you know, but one, my deputy is dead. I am like mortally wounded. I need backup immediately. Like people would be there, man. Um, you know, like you're a, a, a federal employee, right? Well, actually, I mean, you're a local employee, but you report to federal, right? I mean, like, come on, man, <laughs> there's going to be help involved somewhere. But again, he passes out. And the only time she calls an ambulance, she doesn't even try calling the police. She just said, oh, he needs an ambulance. What? Wait, you're just planning on doing this whole thing by yourself. <laughs> Why are you not calling for help again? And then it will roll into the other one. The old sheriff, right? The old sheriff was just there to give you like a little exposition dump on what a Wendigo is, right? Because it has to come from a native person. And that was it. He leaves the movie after that. Like, again, like, okay, you're Jesse Plemons. You know this thing is a monster. You know it's coming after this kid. Why would you not go, hey, old sheriff, you want to come to the house to help protect me and this kid and my sister? Like, why would, again, like, I understand maybe, you know, oh, I don't want to call the state police. There's supernatural stuff. I don't want to look stupid. Okay. The old sheriff definitely knows what's going on. He's a sheriff. He knows how to shoot a gun, at least. (laughs) You know, he can at least help you in some way, shape, or form. Why would you not call him? And he might know how to kill (laughs) him. Right. I'm just saying there's so many reasons. Yeah. There's so many reasons. Yeah. Like nobody called for backup. You had like multiple chances to call for backup. <laughs> never even bothered. And then again, this old sheriff guy, the one guy that you could call for backup, even if you don't want to call for federal aid, um, you didn't even bother calling him. <laughs> I just don't get it. I mean, then obviously the the whole you know two thirds one third thing I already discussed, but that's not really. I would call it a low point. It was just. Uh, off it was just like a gear shift that i wasn't expecting um but yeah just like yeah 
plot holes of like there is help available and no one is attempting to use it at all. That didn't even occur to them. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, my little point is something the wife brought up. Uh, she works in the school system. And if you believe a student is in some sort of trouble, you do not go to the house by yourself. Ever. Um, and not, yeah, and not tell anyone you're going to this house. Well, I mean, there, yeah. there's paperwork to be filled out. She should have said, hey, I'm going to this house as opposed to, as opposed to you know, Carrie Russell's character going, I told her and I think she was going there. Versus, hey, there's this, it's essentially a social case at that point in time that you always go with backup. Even when you think there's abuse, you go, you bring one of the cops with you in this in the report that's that's how the the procedures are supposed to go now grant i know it's a small um mining community where everyone probably knows everyone else but you still there's still procedures that you should follow but obviously they need to have a plot reason for her to go there and she's just by herself so they didn't add it to it well to be fair her brother did say why did you go there? What what were you thinking? Why would you go there alone? Like he, he knew that she made a mistake. So at least they they realized they made that mistake. I'm talking about the principal. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that too. I'm, yeah, but I'm saying like yeah. at least at least that when she went there, they had some kind of idea. But like, yeah, in what world would the principal go to someone's house? Never. No, they would tell you to come to their school. They would right. never go to your house. A teacher, right. okay, I could see that happening. But a principal, no, there ain't no way in hell. No. Nope. Other than that, I, the movie's great. Um, yeah, no, it's not a bad movie. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm calling out obvious plot holes here because I can see them, yeah. but not a bad movie at all. So how many naked people in the woods out of 10 would you give this movie? Um, Antlers gets a 7.75 naked people in the woods. Ooh, what's the what's the two one fourth that you're missing? The feet? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the officer down. <laughs> um, no, I mean this is it, I, I like I like this movie a lot. I've watched it, I said a few times. It's come out, and it's, it's just a good, good movie to put on. You know, yeah. On rewatches, do you notice anything in the background? Is there a spot, soft spot? No, there's not. There's not more on the rewatches that you'd get. Uh, but still a pretty solid movie, and I think done res- uh, respectful of the Native Americans' uh, Wendigo lore and holding true to it, and you know, going to uh, you know Native American to get the lore information as opposed to just reading it in the book. You know, I like that they tied it all back to you know, what was thought of in Native American lore. So that's why it's, to me, it's a fantastic folk yeah, horror no. movie and lore movie just because of that. Um, and for that reason, I'm giving 8.5 naked people in the woods out of 10. Uh, could they have done the ending a little bit differently? Yeah. Could they have made it so it doesn't just only one active when you go at a time? Because that does, that's less scary than like, shit, there's like 10 of them, as you said earlier. Well, yeah, but if there was 10 of them, Again, without calling for help, <laughs> they would have all just died. 
Correct. Um, and, you know, I also gave it the rating because of the bad ending. We love bad endings here in this podcast. <laughs> I don't right. care what anyone else says. A bad ending done really well is amazing. All right. Shall we go across the pond for the last movie? Uh, sure. All right. The last one we're discussing is Unwelcome, which came out this year? I yeah. Believe. 2023? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't oh. know when, but it was recent. January. So we, we missed somehow this one. Well, was under a radar, probably because it was you know, released in Ireland and the UK initially and not here um, until we got streaming services, right? No Warner Brothers on HBO. Uh, so, so plot point wise, I'm going to say this right now, it reminded me a bit of uh, oh, I can't think of it. Uh, 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 in Lake. A bit. Mm, uh, yeah. Well, the beginning. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the and, beginning the, and the family. Well, yeah. And the family. Um. So we are we. This takes place in the UK at this point in in London. Um. So we introduce to to a young couple, um, uh, who you know just found out that uh the wife is pregnant. The husband goes well, to Hannah local... Hannah John Common. You can't forget to say her who she is. Okay. Do you know do you know what else she's from? Uh do I know what else she's from? No. No, oh, she's in the MCU. She's ghost. Yes. Um she looked very different in this movie. Well yeah. <laughs> she's pregnant. <laughs> well um uh yeah, she was also in uh I the first time I saw her was in uh, Killjoys, if you ever saw that show. Yeah. Um I watched it when it when it came out. I, I eventually stopped watching it. Uh but it like when it first came out it was it was pretty interesting and she was like the main character. But that's the first thing I remember her from. But she did a lot of stuff um, as you say, across the pond before then, which I didn't see. But that was the first American thing I saw her in. Man, her eyes just look different in this movie. Yeah, they've always looked like that. She is a, she is like a, a a product of opposites. Her dad yes. her dad is Nigerian, and her mom is Norwegian. So she's <laughs> she's like the opposites. Yes. <clears throat> oh, she was in a few episodes of Black Mirror, Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, okay. So, yeah. Um, I thought she looked familiar. I just, I never looked it up until you said that. Hmm. All right. So, he, the, the husband goes and gets um, a bottle of champagne to celebrate because what better way to celebrate find out you're pregnant than drinking? Well, no. Uh, he does say it's non-alcoholic. He uh, says it's Prosecco. It's non-alcoholic. And he says that right before he insults the soccer hooligans. Uh, yeah, so he wouldn't give him uh, stuff, and yeah, he, for, okay, I'm pointing this out now, for a man who doesn't fight, he sure likes to get into fights. Okay, now, <laughs> alright, I'm not gonna name names, but I have a, a friend of mine, 
I've known for many years, who is uh, just like that. He got a huge, huge mouth, right? Talks all kinds of shit. Like, we'll do that same thing <laughs> when it comes down to fights. Nope. <laughs> Run, hide, <laughs> do whatever you can to avoid it. But he got a huge mouth up until that point. So I, I, I'm very familiar with this type of person. Not defending it at all. I'm just saying I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, essentially he, you know, he insults them and they kind of walks away. Uh, and they end up following him, and you know you see her confirming the P test that she's still pregnant in like the most claustrophobic closet. Oh, she was supposed to. Yeah, it looked like that. okay, it was like a creepy bar bathroom stall in their house. It was yeah, but like okay, here's the thing Dude. that I don't here's the thing I don't understand is the very first scene of the movie is they show her like peeing on the stick, and she was not in that stall. No, she was in a regular bathroom. And then all of a sudden, later on, she goes to the bathroom again. And they, they have an apartment. So, like, they have at least two bathrooms in this apartment, apparently. One, like, claustrophobic, like, weird stall bathroom. Three and foot then, by three foot. Yeah, and then, and then, like, a weird, like, normal bathroom. So, I, like, I was, like, very confused as to what was happening at first. Uh, yeah. Um, I was like, where is she? Right. <laughs> Uh, and she hears her husband being attacked outside. She goes um, to check on him, and you know they are uh, severely beaten up. Uh, she's well, she's not really. She's well, know, she's just leader, traumatized. Like, she's traumatized. It's it, like I said. It's like, it's just imagine these hooligans and the family later on as the the hoodlums from uh, Ian Lake, and pretty much that's how they are. That's how I picture them. Be the same. Well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's how the hooligans are in the UK. That's right. just the way they yeah. act. Uh, and the leader's like, "Okay, do you have do you have what it takes? Like, here's the knife. Put it to my you know, tough ass. Put the your throat to the knife. Well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You know, nothing. Um, and uh, the Jamie, the the husband, you know, can't do anything. He's just kind of left there to watch, see what psychological torture is being done to his wife. Um, and then, you know, then they move because rightfully so, like I would move too. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you definitely move. That is one thing you should definitely do. If you've been attacked in your own home, yes, you should move away. You move. Absolutely. Uh, they end up going to Ireland and it's, he gets the house from his great aunt. This explains the age then. his great aunt after she dies, which what a quinkening. What what fortune. Um, and it's a nice rural house. Uh I would with say. the hole so, in the roof. With the hole in the roof. But yes. <laughs> and they're trying to fix it. They try to find uh, some local builders to fix it. Um you know, they kind of found it the the Whalen or Daddy. <laughs> uh yeah. they, they find the Whalens who has yeah. Hodor. <laughs> Hodor, yeah. <laughs> Derby girl. Uh, right. Yeah, Hodor, Derby South girl. African and, haircut brother. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, die antword brother. Die and yeah. then uh, yeah. well, the dad, he was from Star Trek. He was like the, the newer Scotty. Correct. <laughs> uh, Cold yes. Meanies, I he's think. Also, 
he's also Charlie Day's dad, and it's always sunny, but he's like, call me daddy. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so, you know, they uh, go to the bar, say, hey, we're new in town, and, like, everyone, like, when they find out she's, like, extremely pregnant, like, I would say, like, hugely pregnant, like, stomach sticks out, like, two feet at least in the front of well, her. Well, yeah, that's like, yeah, if you, if you want somebody to look extremely pregnant in a fake way, that is exactly what you do. Yes. You, you, just take, like, okay, you take out not one basketball, it's like two basketballs. Right. Um, and, like, everyone stares at them, like, oh, here. And, like, staring at the pregnant one, like, okay, this is where it's just getting the folk or, like, the unwelcome part of it. Uh, you know, and like, oh, no, ha, ha, ha. And, like, talking about it, like, yeah, those, those that Whalen family, screw them. They suck. Don't do anything with them. Um, they meet up with the the great aunt's friend. They go, hey, you need to leave out an offering uh, every night for the Red Caps because without it, they can attack you. You have that kind of a stone wall, wood gate that leads into, guess what? The woods. You know, recurring theme, full horror and folklore. Woods being evil, all that jazz. Um, yeah, so they're talking about that. Uh, let's see here. They find out. Uh, they meet the local drunk who warns them and tells tell them all these superstitious stuff. Who seems to really believe all that stuff. While other people don't too, other than the aunt's friend. Uh, he goes missing on his stumble back home. Um, they kind of hear rumors that the. You know, they visit the the tomb, uh, uh, sorry, the uh, grave of the great aunt, meet a priest. You know, we found out that that Maya had a abortion. They don't say it outright, but she had an abortion. Um, and then, you know, her his great Jamie's great aunt's uh, daughter. You know, she's just a stone in in the grave because they never found the body. Um, you know, the great aunt said it's because there was a deal made at the Red Caps in exchange for her husband to live, you know, give up her newborn. Um, but everyone just kind of in the town believes that, you know, the great aunt killed her child, her baby. Um, and then we see the old drunk getting attacked, but we don't see by what. And the dog runs away because he's a good boy. She. Um, she's a good boy. Uh, and then I think we cut to them, you know, the drink, and they wake up and they hear voices inside their house. And I go, shit, <laughs> here we go again. Uh, no, it's just, it's just the Waylands already starting work. They kind of let themselves in. Um, and they're just kind of, I'd say assholes. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, uh, they start, you know, uh, Moving their stuff, you can see, you know, the the daughter of Daddy uh, kind of starts playing with the husband, trying to flirt with him, uh, wiggling his drawstring on his pants or robe right there, and the and the brother trying to hit on the wife, saying you're beautiful, blah blah blah, you know, and they kept trying to call uh, Mister Willen, you know, his name. He goes, "Call me Daddy, call me Daddy." Just I don't know how many times he say that. Like, well, he gets more angry every time. Like he gets like yes. upset, like call my daddy. Like he's he's very upset. <laughs> yeah, and the oldest son Hodor, who is seemingly just typecast as the big idiot, 
because he's yeah. also like again, I feel kind of bad for him. Yeah, yeah, playing the simpleton <laughs> in this. Yes. Uh, not as one as big as one's Hogarth. We find out he doesn't seem to talk, but we do find out later he's a perfectly capable of speaking, perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, but clearly abused. Um. So yeah, they just start doing more stuff. They you know go through their their change pan. I guess that's there. Stealing money. The brother is a giant crap in the toilet. And they're just wreaking havoc and also acting like hooligans. The the younger brother and sister. Um, you know, saying that they are they had different mothers because the mother died giving birth to Hordor. <laughs> well, it's a Hordor would have to be the youngest then. He would be, but in real life, he's definitely not. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, uh, so then, you know, we we see that uh, Maya does put out an offering. She hears scratching the door. She opens the door. Nothing's there. And she goes back to the plate, which is like two feet to her right. It's taken. So there's something there. Um, and then she's lured to the woods by the good girl because she hears her barking and kind of follows her and kind of finds the... One thing that the note before this point is she did not leave out the offering the night before and that's when the drunk guy got attacked. Yes. Just to clarify. Yes. Um, You know, there's a search party for him. They're trying to search for him. Uh, Maya goes in the woods and finds, you know, in the woods of Ireland, England, the old country, Oregon, this area... Pacific Northwest, you know, er, er, all the all the trees are generally just haphazardly thrown apart. About when you start seeing them in perfect straight rows, then you know evil is there because no one plants trees in straight rows. Or at least, yeah, some organization means that <laughs> some form of something is there. Structure, intelligence, yeah. Um, so she finds an old. Stone Hut led there by the dog. Oh, um, dog's like, all right, yeah, you gotta, gotta come down here with me. She's like, nope. <laughs> she yeah, she's leaves. like, see you later. <laughs> Poor dog, just trying to, you know, find her master. <laughs> she's a good girl. Um, yeah, it's just more more stuff kind of happening. Uh, she, you know, she sees next morning horror kind of spying on her the window but he means no harm um they kind of he kind of breaks their uh window putting up scaffolding and they're just like ha 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 you know we broke your window what are you gonna do about it like you're supposed to be fixing the house <laughs> not well, destroying it yeah but then we see the dad start beating the crap out of hodor because right. he did that so yeah it looks like yeah, he's he always blames hodor when everything goes wrong but it seems to be the other two that are constantly causing all the problems. Right. You know, and the, you know, uh, Jamie tries to stand up. He's like, hey, I'm going to tell your dad. <laughs> um, he did. like, okay, I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't you worry. I know how they are. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, and then Porter, after he gets beaten, kind of just runs into the forest. Uh, Maya goes after him. He, and that's when he starts talking. He's like, "My dad always hits me." He, you know, pulls up the side of his shirt. He's bruised a lot. Um, and then she's talking this nice things to him, and then he gets the wrong idea because he's a simple man. Um, 
Well, I'm pretty uh, sure that was the only time he was ever shown kindness by, well, probably anyone, but definitely a female. Yes. Uh, He takes, gets the wrong intentions and seemingly rapes her. Seemingly. Or something happens, right? Well, it's, it's a, it's a reverse um, Lenny. Yeah. (laughs) It's a reverse Lenny that happens. Yeah. So, um, and then you know she comes out of the woods seemingly in a mess, but no one seems she can't seem to describe what happened. Uh, she doesn't say anything. They can't find him. It's like, oh, he's because he was totally hit to walk home anyway. Uh, and when they, you know, Daddy and the other two leave, she tells her husband Jamie uh, about what she saw. And it's just it's the red caps. They're real. I tried to take a picture of it, but it's blurry. It's like no, no, no. That can't be it. Um, let's see. And then he goes, you know, he's like, whatever. He goes to the, he's like, I'm going to go to the pub. And starts getting drunk. And then. Well, uh, she does. So she simply, does. Well, she describes what happens. She says that he tried to rape her. She need him in the balls. And then he like fell down, but that made him angry. And then she, he started choking her. And then she screamed for help. And then she says the, the red caps came up. And killed him and dragged him away, and so that's when the the Jamie is like, okay, <laughs> like you're obviously got pregnant brain, whatever. Like she actually brings right. him out to the woods to show him, and, and there's nothing there. She's like, look, look, there's blood on the ground, and they, there's nothing there. So she's like, okay, you got pregnant brain, like I don't know what's going on, but like you know, I can't deal with this shit right now, so I'm gonna go leave and go drink. I'm gonna go get drunk, yeah, right. <laughs> Then at the bar, you know, the brother and sister are there. He starts shit again. Um, but the, the great hat's friend had to stop him because he runs his mouth and can't do anything about it. He just immediately cowers after saying really stupid shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially at this point, they're looking for their brother. Because yeah. he's missing, they can't find him. And they know the last place he was was their house. So they're, they're trying to get information out of him. And he's being difficult. Right. <laughs> Yes. Because, yeah, I mean, he doesn't really know what happens to him, but of course he's not going to tell him the story that the wife told him. <laughs> right. Um, um, but yeah, meanwhile, the wife is at home, like kind of jumping at shadows. Um, and then finally a red cap comes in the house holding a like plastic, like convenience store bag and hands her the bag and then walks out. And she looks in the bag, and it's Hodor's head. Yes. Um, and she's like, "Oh shit! <laughs> like, like what? Do, <laughs> you know, like, like what do I do now? Like, now he's definitely dead. Like, my story is true. Like, this is bad." Um. So yeah, yes. yeah. So Jamie gets home. Um. She shows the bag to him, and they're like, "Oh shit! Like, this is really bad." <laughs> you know, like what do we? What do we do? And of course, like right then, the 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 Wheelands show up looking for their, you know, the, well, not only the, the son, but their brother. Right. So they're like, you know, banging on the door, trying to get in. And he's like, you know, lock it. And he's like, you know, you go hide, you know, take that bag out of here and go hide. So she runs upstairs. They're like, they get like, I think the dad gets in the front door. And so she's like, freaks out. And she tries to leave out the window, climbed on the scaffolding that they had put up to fix the roof. 
um, as she's climbing down the scaffold, <laughs> the girl comes up behind her and goes, hey, and she just goes, oh, and throws the bag directly at her. Like, right. literally, like, <laughs> tosses it right into her hand. Um, and so, of course, she looks in the bag, and now she sees the head is there. Um, so now they're like, oh, okay, you killed our family. So then it's like a war, right? So now they're like yes. fighting each other, and they're all like trying to run through the house to try to like hide. And, you know, they're they're putting furniture in front of doors, and there's you know knives, and, you know, horrible things happening. Um, you know, but they're essentially like you know keeping their own, but they're getting the crap beat out of them, right? Um, so essentially, it gets to the point to where the husband is going to die, like he is is getting hurt very very badly. Um, and so then she basically. Uh, Maya runs out and runs into the the woods and and starts screaming for help. Um, and she goes to their little hut that the dog led her to earlier. She goes all the way down there. Um, and now it's like it looks like a little I don't know like a Hobbit house I guess like it's like an evil Hobbit house. If you picture like you know blood and bones and <laughs> and then, you know but it's small like a Hobbit house anyway. So, yeah, there's all kinds of little red cap goblins down there. Um, and she also finds this like lady, like a like an old lady, like a normal human lady. Um, it basically figures out that this is the daughter that the great aunt had left out for the red caps, you know, however many years ago that was. Um, and she's like, I don't they're queen, I guess. Right. Yeah, it seems like yeah, that's she's a red cap queen. Yeah, she's yeah. like the leader of them anyway. So um, she like almost immediately just attacks her. <laughs> um, I mean, they're, they're, of course, there's words back and forth, basically saying like, you know, uh, you know, I'm not oh, going to help you, you know, whatever. Does she attack? I thought the attacks later. No, the attacks are like right away. Like the, the, literally, she's only in one scene. No, that's later, after after the fact, after all this stuff happens at the house. No, it's it's, it's happening at the house. That's why she needs to help. Yeah. Okay. So then she attacks the lady and kills the the queen, and then after, like and then it cuts back to Jamie getting the crap beat out of him in the house. So the house is now on fire, and he's got the crap beat out of him, and he's going to get the gun to like finish him off. And then that's when the, uh, the the goblins come in and they start attacking everybody. Yeah, it was, it was. She goes into the hut and kills all the women after the baby's taken. It's after the fact. I think she just goes calls for help and hears the whisperings. And I'll do. It says I'll do whatever you want to help save my husband and save us. That's and then. Then the you know the that's when the red caps come and kill, um, you know the the brother and sister and Maya ends up killing dad, and then and then she gives birth, and then bring the baby home. She leaves it in its crib. Um, and then the red caps come and take it. Then she goes into the woods to stop it, kills the red queen and takes over as the as a spot after uh, she kills a couple of red caps. Okay. So yeah, the, the the red caps come and help her, and you know Jamie once again is unable to pull a trigger. Uh, he's unable to do anything really. 
Uh, not partially because he's kind of messed up. He's been stabbed at least once or twice. Oh, yeah. He was stabbed, like, in the back. And then he was stabbed. I don't, I don't know. He's in a bad way. He's in a bad shape. Right. Yeah. Um. Now, I get... Well, we're talking about, you know, the the shotgun that Daddy has with Buckshot, is it very accurate to say you have to be very close to do any kind of damage? Well, it's, he says birdshot. Bird um, I mean, depends on, on the gun. It depends on the shot, I guess. But, I mean, sure. But, like, okay. Well, because he... Yeah, remember when uh, Dick Cheney shot that guy in the face? Yeah. And he lived, even though it was, like, almost point-blank range? That was birdshot. Right. <laughs> That's right. why he survived. Yeah, it is not as dangerous. It's still not nice to get shot by, obviously. But it's not right. as dangerous. Lots, lots of uh, bullets take out shots right. take out of you. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because birdshot is, like, you picture the shotgun shell is, right? You know, it's just a plastic cartridge yeah. with a bunch of little, like, BBs inside of it. Birdshot is, like, a bunch of little tiny, tiny BBs. Whereas you got buckshot, they got all kinds of different gauges of buckshot, just like they have all kinds of gauges for earrings and shit. Like they use the same terminology. So if you have like, you know, double double dot buck is like big old balls in there. There's only like five or six big old BBs, which will hurt like shit. I mean, that's like shooting five bullets out. So whereas like birdshot is like getting hit with a whole bunch of BBs at the same time. Yeah, it's not going to be pleasant. Right. Because, yeah, Jamie gets shot. Decently close range of it, you know, great. Let's say grazes his arm. Right. Uh, not all full blast of it, but uh, yeah. And, you know, daddy's like, oh, if I run and kill you, I'd be really, really close to you. And, you know, she gets the gun close enough and shoots off half his face. <laughs> yep. Daddy's face. So then, you know, that's it. They, she gives birth during all of this, you know, at home and decides to go to the hospital later that day. Everything is taken care of. They're all patched up. Baby is taken. Then she goes, okay, I'm not like to stand for this. She goes to their house, to their the red cap hut, goes to the basement, um, sees her baby there, kind of like being held by the old baby. She realizes like she's talking almost baby talk or limited speech like the red caps have. Um, it's not full sentences. Uh you know, she's like, all right, I'm going to kill, you know, puts a knife. It's like, oh, do I, do I have the stakes? Flashbacks to the, the hooligans that kills one of them. And then, like, crushes the skull of their queen, which was the great aunt's baby. Uh, takes her baby. And, yeah, the red caps kind of follow her. And then they start worshiping her. And then she gets bathed in the with the blood from the their queen and essentially becomes the, their new red cap queen. Yeah, from a magical floating skull ball. Yes. <laughs> well, they have, they show they have powers that can make things float. So, uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, she gives the baby back to Jamie, and then it's, it's insinuated that she's going to leave and go be the Red Queen while Jamie deals with Maybe. the baby by himself. I don't know. It's very ambiguous at the end. Whether whether she's actually staying there or she's become the Red Queen and Red Cap Queen and also be a mother. Well, I'm pretty sure when she drenches herself in blood, <laughs> she made the choice. I'm pretty sure that's like the Red Cap ritual. Yes. 
so what I'll go with my first thoughts first is um, I didn't realize this to be red caps, which are part of you know the the Fey court that in, in general folklore and Fey courts is they get the red caps because they essentially wear the scalps of their victims. Um, well, not they're not necessarily it depends. Or, yeah, it depends on the culture, but it's yeah they're red because they're soaked in blood. Right. Yeah. So not a nice um, not a nice reason to have a red hat. Correct. And I think kind of the 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 folk lore in this is fairly accurate because you know when you make deals with the a fey court is you generally do have to give something up you know you have to do a favor you have to you know not, don't always know what the payment is going to be until after the fact you just have to agree to it sight unseen and that's I'd say the case in this as well I don't think she knew exactly what they're going to want but clearly I mean we knew as the audience they're going to want the baby I think we were expecting that the entire time yeah I mean, well, I mean the the problem here is that the Fay court has been done in so many different ways and so many different popular culture things that there's yeah. no way. I mean, yeah, you'd have to go back to like the old books to try to figure out what the real legends are because there's so much misinformation now. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Faye is still not a wildly popular in, in culture, but still has been done a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking. Um, I mean, how many book series have you know fairies in them? How many TV I'll shows? Files is a big one. Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking TV shows. I mean, yeah, like you know, like True Blood and Supernatural and all that, all that stuff. They have all these different versions of things, and they take like the little bits that they right. like, and they then they make whole stories about them, and they cut out all the stuff they don't like. So there's yeah, there's a whole lot of misinformation about what things mean and what the legends are supposed to be. Yeah, um, but you know, I I still liked it enough, and I realized I don't think I've ever seen red caps in a movie like this. I don't recall it. Well, not as being called red caps. I'm well. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's some Irish movies or UK right. movies that are that I haven't seen. But as far as American movies, yes, I'm sure you're correct. So it, it is interesting to, to see this. Um, what were your first thoughts on this? Um, I, it was good. I mean, I was more annoyed with the whole like pregnancy thing. Like everything was about the <laughs> stupid pregnancy. It is annoying to me. Um, yeah. And Jamie was just so annoying. Insufferable. Like, yeah. uh, it's like <laughs> the guy. He, he was like so <laughs> on edge, and like you know, again, like basically forcing all of these situations to be like bad confrontations. And then when they turn into bad confrontations, he just immediately cowers out of them. So it's like, he's getting the worst of all worlds, but he's like literally like driving people to hate him with how he's reacting to stuff. And then when they force a confrontation, then he like cowers away. But then the first chance he gets after that, he again, is trying to like, you know, ignite <laughs> anger in people. Like, I don't get what he was doing. Like, he's just terrible. Yes. It was, it was very yeah, annoying. Was, and that, and like the whole, like, just this pregnancy thing, that like everything was about the stupid pregnancy. Like, every conversation circled back to that again and again and again. 
like, I get it. Right. <laughs> uh, well, what are highlights for you? Um, okay. I really liked the beginning. I liked, I really liked that switch up between, oh, yay, we're, we're pregnant. Isn't that such a good thing? It's so happy. And then they just immediately get home invasion and it, it turns horribly bad. <laughs> That was a highlight. Right. It's like, oh, there's so many stupid movies out there with these like, yay, we're pregnant. It's so happy. It's such a good time. And like, I, I like when that gets ruined. Uh, I like ah, so it, bad it turns beginning. sour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that. I mean, the red caps themselves were pretty cool. I thought they were well done. Um, they were, again, they were, you know, interesting. You know, it's, it's, they're, they were kind of like, uh, you know, I guess you know, like what do you call it? like you know munchies or ghoulies or you know in the in that vein, but they were they're definitely a modern, well done version of that. Yes, um, but yeah, I like I like the implementation of them, um, and then of course Molly. Molly was super cool. Yeah, good old Molly, good girl. Who <laughs> <laughs> survived? She didn't die. Like almost every other movie, the freaking dog dies. She does. She lived. Well, especially when it went into the hot <laughs> red cap hole. Like, oh, <laughs> we're going to have two. But it kept coming back. I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. Um, yeah. Highlights for me, like I thought I thought Maya did a great job. And let's face it, Jamie did a great job of us absolutely despising him. Well, yeah. Acting wise. Yeah. It was just his character was just yeah. annoying. Right, um, correct, and you know they were the 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 Wheeler family were all terrible people, and you felt like they're terrible people. Like, okay, I hate them. I looked at the brother like, oh, it's his haircut. I can't stand. Well, yeah, he's a bad guy. You looked at him, and he's like, yeah, he's got the bad haircut. He's wearing the tracksuit. You're like, oh, this is not good. Like, this is gonna end badly. Right. I said, and and just the 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 different take. Uh, that's take, but the lore of it, you know, I like, I really like Fulcor for for that reason. Honestly, like I said, the recaps have been done. I don't really pay attention to the recaps in like True Blood or, or Supernatural, but I do enjoy them in you know the Dresden Files series. And I, you know, these were kind of very akin to that. And you know, from a little bit of research I did about them, it, it seems to be pretty close to what accepted red cap lore is oh yeah again yeah red caps are basically served to be um when people think of fairies obviously they think of you know little you know people that have little like dragonfly wings that fly around and are you know trying to like you know just run away when you find them but they're like you know carefree like a tinkerbell right you know, like right. have like he, he, magic, he, yeah. but they run away, and you know, there's stuff like that. That's the, that's what people generally think of when they think of fairies. But yeah, like in in Irish, you know, folklore, well, and that, you know, that whole Celtic folklore. Yeah, there's all kinds of different fairies. Like there's, you know, like I said, there's a whole court of of different kinds yeah. of them, <laughs> and the red caps basically serve to be like um, the opposite of what you would assume a fairy is. To so where the red caps are like the warriors and the violent version of that like yeah they're small people but they're like violent and they're, they're like they're proud of their violence but you know again 
red caps because their hats are soaked in blood. Like that's why they're red. Right. So yeah, it's, it serves as a nice um, you know, offset. Cause again, when people hear fairy, they have definitely right. have a vision in their head and the red caps are definitely not that. So that's, it's, you'd a, argue, it's you'd a fun... argue that Rumpelstiltskin is part of that lore too. Well, yeah, it's not it's anything like the favors that. are not without a price. Yeah. yeah they're like monkey. <laughs> it's not the monkey fairy godmother. Right. Right. It's not, you know, your three wishes and ha, ah, I'm just so good and pleasant. No, fate. Generally, the Fae are not good creatures. <laughs> well, I would say at best yeah, they're mischievous. Generally. At yeah. best they're mischievous. Mischievous. At at their worst, they're homicidal. They trick you to get whatever they want. Right. Yeah. At no at no point in there are they lawful good. No. <laughs> not at all. Uh, what about low points for you? Uh, low points, I mean, obviously, Jamie, like, yes, just like ridiculously annoying. Um, uh, I, I mean, again, just, uh, they waited a really, really, really long time to like call or like go to the hospital or like call for any kind of help. Like yeah. they had multiple opportunities to like call for help. I know they kept doing like, a, oh, I don't have signal, but like. There's no way they didn't not have signal the entire time. Like that, that's not possible. Because like all this stuff was happening for a long time, and like she manages to like run away from the situation for a decent amount of time. Like why didn't she just run somewhere with a signal to call the police <laughs> or to call an ambulance to come take her to the hospital? Right. But instead, she runs to the magic door <laughs> to try to try to get little fairy people to help her. Like. Okay, lady, there's, like, real help available if you go the other way. Correct. But, I mean, I guess it worked for her. Yeah. Uh, for me, definitely, definitely Jamie. I said, after we watched the wife goes, I feel really bad saying it, but he needs the man up. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, well, and then he gets left the with bed. the baby. I was like, I feel bad for that right. kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he's under the bed high and like he's falling asleep and he's like all wakes up like, oh crap, I have a wife after I forgot about her. <laughs> Jeez. You know, um and he had no redemption. Zero redemption in this movie. Not even a moment of him doing something good. No, he's just then he's, he's just, just keep going ass. to be the asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just an ass the shit. whole time. Yeah. And you know, and you know, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. If they were going for a uh, matriarchal spin that mothers can do it all, they nailed it. Do I think it was done well? Not necessarily. Like, was she was she a strong woman? Absolutely. But you can still have some balance in there too. She didn't have to do. I don't think she had to do everything. That's why Jamie didn't get any redemption. He's just going to keep doing what he does with no like realization that he is the problem. Well, yeah, I mean, it also speaks volumes about her. Like, why are you excited to be having a child with this guy? (laughs) Right. The guy's an ass. She was talking about, oh, you know, I, you know, I had an abortion when I was younger because he was, he was not a right guy, right? He was going to be a bad father. It was going to be a bad time. Like, I I totally get it. Like, why would you be excited with this douchebag? (laughs) 
Like this guy There's is no way. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not violent and abusive, but this guy is like causing all kinds of problems. Like he's the reason why that home invasion happened. And I think she knows that. Oh yeah. There's, there's no way she didn't see his ass get kicked for his mouth before. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> if they were together for any length of time, I'm sure they were drunk in a bar and he was talking shit to some dude and he got the crap beat out of him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That was just he he was a big little boy. I'm, I'm very thing. I'm very, very sorry. This is a UK movie. It's the pub. They were in the pub, not a bar. The pub, yes. Correct. You know, the the whistling dog or <laughs> the, <laughs> the pretty pony. <laughs> the, the prancing pony. The pretty pony. The pants. <laughs> what what, sure what pubs are you going to? Oh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> It's probably a brony bar. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm sure there is one. I don't think I want to know where it is. So, all right. So, how many naked people in the woods out of ten would you give this? Um, mm, I will give this movie uh, five naked people in the woods out of ten. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I was expecting this movie. It's definitely not the movie that I watched. Uh, I don't think I need to watch this again either. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not upset that I watched it, but it's not something I need to watch. Yeah, and, and for that, I'm also going to five naked people in the woods out of ten. Um, I mean, like I said the, I, lo- I like the idea of the lore. I like the idea of them going to the more violent side of folk tales and the folklore. I want more like this. I don't want anyone to be dissuaded to not make anything like this. I want people to show the truly terrible side of folk tears and folk horror. Because they are bad. So. Alright. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. So, uh, parlez-vous français? Uh, in case you can't tell, let's the heads roll as we get graph again with the new French tremor. Uh, we shall see if Escargot is the only French list that makes her stomachs turn with movies including High Tension, Inside, and Martyrs. Uh, as we prefaced on the last week episode, this this episode was a break between the uh, horribleness that is <laughs> that we had this month so far. Um, don't don't, don't let your wife watch these movies. Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. She didn't watch the ones last week. She's probably just, not watching. I'm just saying, yeah, don't, don't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, like I said, we were discussing before this. I think I've seen one of these. It's been a very long time. So I'm excited to see these. Um, and I know a couple of them have gotten remixed. So we might do those as, as a future episode as well. Yeah, but the the American remakes are very toned down. I mean, the same Correct. spirit. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that they're like totally different, but yeah, they're they 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 take those those really like wild haymakers that these movies do, and they tone them down. Yeah, the these these three movies in particular have been on many many lists that I have seen of like, holy crap, this is terrible. Like not terrible movies, but like terrible and sickening to watch yeah so bad bad things happen to good people in these movies right so 
you know, we had we had our American movies, our video nasties in the seventies that we did last week, and we're going to what the early late two thousands. Okay, yeah. 2010s. the The new French extremity was the direct response to the PG thirteen horror craze in the U.S. Okay, because all of the horror movies were being very light and very like you know, kind of playful, <laughs> you know, in a, again, that, that PG 13, you know, kind of plague I'll call it. That was in the early two thousands, right. Where, where everything was, was not nearly as, you know, scary, bloody, gory that it used to be. It was, it was kind of, you know, evening out and becoming, you know, rounded edges, we'll say. Um, yeah. And again, the, the new French extremity was, they just, they, they wanted to go back to hard hitting, like hard to watch stuff. And that was the extreme that they went to, and that's why they did it. And that makes sense. I think our, I think the American turn away from that was the Saw franchise and Eli Roth. Oh yeah, no, yeah, the Americans definitely <laughs> did swing back again. I mean, after they, because basically it was like things picked up in other countries. I mean, Japanese picked up their versions of horror. Japanese horror got very popular around that time. Um, again, you know, French horror. I mean, a lot of things got more popular at that point in time because, again, the American versions were were pretty generic. <laughs> you know, and again, yeah. like I said, all the edges were being rounded off. <laughs> Nothing, no, no chances were being taken. They were very basic, very generic movies and it was a genre that kind of demands horrible things to happen once in a while to move the genre forward and it wasn't happening in the u.s at that time so all these other countries were forcing it in different ways yeah and this is yeah this, we'll, I mean, we'll see what the french version of it was next week yeah we did the american version we did with our gentle and false we're doing the italian versions and we're doing the french versions then so uh on top of that, remember, we watch bad movies, so you don't have to. And this has been Graveyard saying, have you checked on the children? Salem saying, long live the new flesh. Mm-hmm.